Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming by myself today, actually from my house, because I'm getting ready to go on a trip right after I interview Sam Tran, who has been on our show before. He has a great story about um, Big Pharma. If you guys aren't familiar with Big Pharma, is it's big pharmaceutical companies um, that have been around for a little over 100 years. They really aren't that old. They're pretty new, actually. It's a new industry, a created industry, trillion-dollar industry. Mm-hmm. And Sam used to work for the industry, and he is going to expose how the industry is fraudulent in many ways. Um, you know, follow the money. Follow drugs that uh, cause side effects, and then patients have problems long-term, and guess who gets to treat them? More drugs. So, Sam, without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and talk a little bit about uh, why you left Big Pharma? Thank you, Sean, for uh, having me on and, and having this forum. Um, uh, my name is Sam Tran. I, uh, I am a refugee from, from Vietnam, actually. Uh, we came over here when I was six years old, six and a half years old. And I uh, went to school and um, uh, I grew up in Spokane, Washington. Uh, but we went, I went to school at the University of Washington. Uh, I studied laboratory medicine uh, and medical technology. Um, so I started out working in the hospital um, at the University of Washington there. And um, I, I kind of saw the revolving door that was healthcare and just everyone would go, come into clinics every week and then they'd get a little bit better and then they'd go home and it's just a big revolving door. And uh, at the time I got, I got kind of fed up with that system. And then I, I wanted to be a part of finding the solution, uh, you know, finding a cure for something. And at the time, the only thing I knew was pharmaceutical research. So I left that, um, uh, the clinical environment and went into the research environment and ended up at uh, at um, Amgen, which is a pretty big uh, biotech yeah, pharmaceutical yeah. company. Um, and I, I set up and ran their clinical pathology laboratory uh, working in toxicology. And so, um, you know, we, we looked at the side effect profile of all the drugs um, that were being manufactured and, and being ex- um, researched on. Um, but then over, over a while, over some time, um, I just kind of got the sense that we're not really making any progress. We're making a lot of profit, but as far as curing people and actually preventing disease and, and, and cause, uh, and, and not causing further suffering, further side effects, we're, we're really not doing that much. Uh, but, um, I had a near death experience in 2014. I, uh, fell and hit my head and went to a coma. And coming out of that coma, that's when I, I started to have a different perspective on my whole career in healthcare. And that's when I left the industry was uh, 2014. So that was like seven years ago. And so um, I've been out um, teaching people about what the what the real cause of health issues are um, and, and just helping people understand how to um, you know get back to true health, basically. So. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for sharing, and I'm glad that you, uh, you know, are able to expose some of the things that Big Pharma um, has done. And I, I'm hoping we can discuss that today. Um, I think the over the last year, almost two years, we were talking before the show. Mm-hmm. You know, this COVID thing is going on for almost two years now. You know, it'll be two years in December that mm-hmm. we know of. And um, do you think that 
COVID was um, something that the pharmaceutical company might have been behind because they wanted to promote their vaccine? Yeah, I think so. You have to create um, you have to create uh, the marketplace for your products, right? So, um, you know, when you're, you know, the body is very complex. The body is very um, well engineered, right? The human body, the human, um, uh, what is it, uh, immune system, you know? So, so that's why they're pushing the, the injection so much the shot so much because you, you bypass all the, the body's normal defenses and you go directly into the bloodstream, you know? And so, um, that's experimentation basically, you know, um, when you, uh, you know, when you eat something, you know, if, if it's, if it's, uh, something that's, um, bad for your body, your body will recognize it and you, you'll throw it up or you'll, you'll have an allergic reaction, you know? Uh, but when you bypass the whole system, you're already in, and so you you can make a lot of health issues for people that way. And and they're gonna, I think it's gonna manifest in the next couple of years as a lot of autoimmune issues, because you you you've totally bypassed the immune system, essentially. Right, you know, and, so. and somewhat, I, I what you're what you're getting at is that our body has a lot of protective mechanisms to prevent poisons from being absorbed. Exactly. And and two of those are like you're discussing. Um, is our gut mm -hmm. and then our skin. And um, I talk about it all the time with our skin when it comes to absorption of drugs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, drugs are literally poisons. True. And our skin does a good job of not letting poisons be absorbed. So anytime you bypass that with some type of injection, you are essentially putting things directly into your bloodstream and there's a different you don't have as good a defense as you would if you, um, you know, took something orally or um, it got on your skin. And sure. here's the thing. You cannot take the injection back, right? Yeah. You can't undo that because, you you know, especially uh, what they're, they're doing is some new technology uh, that is modifying uh, your DNA, modifying how your body actually works, right? Um, yeah. I'm drawing a blank on the name, but um, uh, mRNA vaccine. Yeah, mRNA, right. and then uh, it's um, basically when, when in research, in research, you have to have a model. You have to have a mouse that that gets a particular type of cancer, so you can treat. You know, you can test your treatments on that cancer, right? And so you have to genetically modify the mouse to be predisposed to a, a certain type of cancer, so you can effectively treat it, right? Uh, that's why they call them animal models and things like that. And so um, uh, uh, it, you, it's called transfection, right? Uh, that process of creating that mouse, a, a transfected mouse, right? But essentially, that's what we're doing to humans now, which is which is crazy. We're 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 creating models, that, and these models, these humans are going to be predisposed to whatever is in that injection. Right, uh, they're going to be they're going to be having health issues. It's very similar to let's say um, uh, like an economy, like the, the, how we we figure an economy, right? So uh, GDP, right, gross domestic product. You the biggest economy is the country that has the biggest amount of debt. And and that was a concept. That's like wow, I never knew economy and debt were related like that. It's a 
you know, like we always think economy is a good side. It's the, it's the head side of the coin and debt is the bad side of the coin. We well, have to realize that the, they're the same coin, right? In order to have a big economy, you have to make a, a ton of debt. And so in healthcare, you have to make a ton of healthcare debt, which is sickness to have a big healthcare economy, right? And so that's a scary proposition there that you have to, you have to make sickness to make a, a healthcare industry, <laughs> which is like, well, right. And, and even more than that, even more than making a sickness, they, they need to find, they need to find something to follow. So, you know, I, uh, COVID test, um, mm -hmm. here's another example, cholesterol, you know, big pharma really had a lot to do with, um, you know, pushing testing of cholesterol because they had drugs that could lower it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, in my opinion, I don't think cholesterol is not, you know, lowering your cholesterol is not the answer to cardiovascular disease. There's many, many other things that affect it. Not that it might not be a component in some cases, but I don't think it's the biggest risk factor for cardiovascular disease, um, especially yeah. when you measure just total cholesterol. But we have created an industry, a big billion, billion dollar, multi-billion dollar industry in prescribing cholesterol medications for patients to lower their cholesterol to possibly prevent heart attack. And yeah, if you look at yeah. the studies, um, the studies are not that great when it comes to preventing um, mortality long term. Exactly. And, you know, you bring up a very good uh, example because cholesterol, um, you know, there's this concept or not a concept, but uh, there's this number and it's called NNT, uh, number needed to treat. Okay. So, how you know, and you know, like full cholesterol is like 104, 108 or something like that. So you two, need two, to, 200, oh, 200. For, for total cholesterol, the number, the magic number is 200. If you're 200, you're fine. If you're 201, you need drugs. Oh, okay. No, no, that, 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 that's the total cholesterol. Uh, and in, in research, in research, um, you look at the, how many people do you need to treat to prevent one, uh, case of the, uh, whatever, uh, let's say heart attack, right? Cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. And so the, the higher that number, the less effective your drug is. And the lower that number, uh, the more effective that drug is. So for, for cholesterol, for statin drugs, it's over a hundred. So I think it's 104. So if you, you need to treat 104 people to prevent one case of cardiovascular disease, and you need to treat them with a pill a day for the rest of their life, that's a, that's a great business plan. It, absolutely, it's a great business plan. And when you look at um, relative risk versus absolute risk, are, are you familiar with that at all, yeah, Sam? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when we look at those numbers, and we can talk about the COVID vaccine like this too. Um, relative risk versus absolute risk. So let's say you treat 100 people, and this is how they say the COVID vaccine is 99% effective. Let's say you treat 100 people and um, in placebo group and in uh, treatment group. And in the placebo group, two people, let's say we're treating, uh, trying to prevent heart attacks. In the placebo group, two people died of a heart attack. In the treatment group, um, one person died of a heart attack. So when it comes to relative risk, the numbers look really good. And you could say, oh, well, look at in the treatment group, we saved we saved 50% of the people's lives yeah, because we saved one person over two people, yeah. right? Um, when in reality, 
that drug is only 1% effective. Absolutely, it's only 1% effective. When you look at the COVID vaccine, absolute risk versus relative risk, it's the same way. Out of out of um, forty three thousand six hundred and fifty one people in the tr- in the Pfizer trial, only nine people got sick with COVID, placebo yeah. or treatment group. So when you think about the total and and um, and nobody died, so that alone says that in the Pfizer with the Pfizer COVID vaccine, it does not prevent death. Period. Yeah, it prevent it prevent. Uh symptoms right yes yeah, the disease and only three of those people ended up in the icu out of forty-three thousand people yeah, yeah. so but when you look at relative risk let's say the covid vaccine um prevented one person being in the hospital instead of three um when you look at absolute risk of that it's only 0.0001 percent effective mm. but when they look at relative risk oh it prevented three people instead of one three people we're saved from being in the ICU instead of one, it looks like it's 99% effective. Yeah. And then that's, that's part of the, 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 the fraud, right? Part of the, because, um, because they're telling you relative instead of, instead of absolute. Right. And right. so same, the same concept is in, is in uh, uh, cancer research, you know? So, so let's say you, you sit down with your doctor and, and, and the cancer word comes up. Right. And so, uh, you know, that, that causes that triggers some fear in your in your in your body right away. Right. In your in your mind. Right. And so in the state of fear, they're, they're going to say, well, we don't worry. Don't worry. We have a plan. We have a way out from that fear. Well, if you're in fear and someone offers you a way out of that fear and then they quote some some relative improvement, some relative statistics, you know, uh, uh, you know, we have a plan and our plan has improved uh survivor rates 50 percent so are, are they stating absolute or are they stating relative right we just discussed it it's relative it's relative yeah right so 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 they you know um they they increase survival from one from um two patients uh out of a hundred to three patients out of a hundred so relatively their their treatment improves survival by by 50 percent Relative, right? Relative, relative, right? And Bob, you're like, shoot, sign me up. But absolute, it was only one percent, <laughs> exactly, because they saved one percent of a hundred. Exactly. And right? pharmaceutical and- companies are notorious for using absolute risk versus relative risk. Yeah. And yeah. and we're doing that. The entire government is causing fear. The media is causing fear with the whole COVID thing. And a lot of times they are, especially with the vaccine, they're using relative risk versus absolute risk and in reality the absolute risk for most anybody from dying especially if a healthy immune system and you're younger is very 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 small exactly exactly that's why you know i i um throughout this whole this whole past uh, almost two years here um you know i've seen the return of traffic i've seen people um behaving in a way that is there's just there's a lot of cognitive dissonance, right? So if you if you're in your mind you believe this is so so deadly that you have to get a, a investigational injection into your body, that means you think it's pretty serious, right? If it's so serious, why are you going to Costco? Why are you why are you risking your life going to work if it's that serious? 
Like, why are you sitting on an airplane if it's so serious? Right. I, I mean, I'm with you. Our, our body, um, last time we interviewed you, Sam, you, you really hit a strong point when you said when, you know, when something is truly dangerous, mm -hmm. our instincts tell us it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we, we, we would stay home. You know, if it was truly dangerous, we'd stay home. I mean, you look at, you know, if a house is on fire, our body knows not to go in there. We're yeah. not going to go into a house on fire. If a tornado is coming towards our house, we're going to do whatever we can to protect ourselves and our family. It's yeah. instinct. You, yeah. We don't have to teach ourselves that. So if we have to teach ourselves something and listen to the, to the governments and the media that something is dangerous, how dangerous is it really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that that's that's part of the that's part of the conditioning. That's you know we're um, we as animals we're emotional animals, and so the emotion of fear has been used against us to control us, basically to control our actions. So now that that's why the uh, that's why the talk in, uh, initially used to be about deaths, but those numbers aren't big enough. So then they switched to talking about cases. So it's really <laughs> a, a, it's really a case demic now. You know. Right. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good that's a good point, Sam. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah the the death toll wasn't really enough, so they wanted to 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 report cases, right? Right. <laughs> and then it's really hard to believe the death toll. They're changing it all the time because, you know, it's been exposed many many different times that there were people that were listed as COVID deaths, and they truly weren't COVID deaths. Yeah. They had comorbidities. They died from something else. They died with COVID. Um, we had Dr. Scott Jensen on our podcast. He was one of the first ones to expose that. He's out of Minnesota, and um, that, you know, his his basically his explanation went viral because mm -hmm. he, as a doctor, was being told to to code COVID deaths. Yeah, to count and, to yeah. change the numbers, right? To, right. To, and so I, I was like, wait, this is this is a math. This is a you're playing with math now. You're you're, you're you're creating statistics to support your, 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 your theory, right? To support the, the, the narrative. You're not really looking at, you know, what, what the real situation, but now you're creating data. So this is a, a, a statistical pandemic. You so, know. right now, you know, the head, the head of the U S um, Dr. Fauci, mm -hmm. I think, made a lot of the decisions early on, and I don't know if he's truly making the decisions or somebody else is. But you've you've got some strong opinions of Dr. Fauci. Do you mind um, I'm talking about that, Sam? Yeah. So I I think he's a complete fraud. He's a he's a. Will you so will you back that claim up? You say he's a fraud. Will you back that up? Yeah. So um, he's been involved in I think five or six different administrations. He's he's one of these bureaucrats. Like he's. He's a healthcare bureaucrat. He's been in, uh, you know, he's been um, advising the past five or six presidents or something. So he's made his whole career in industry. And so anyone who um, claims to be uh, making, you know, let's say a, a researcher has to make progress, has to push the ball further down the field. Um, he hasn't really seen patients. I mean, he's doctor. He's a doctor but he doesn't see patients you know uh he he doesn't really treat people you know he's a he's basically a uh, administrator um with with a position and so he makes policy uh you know but uh he's been in, there, there's been so many um 
so many controversies and so many things that he's been involved with that that um, other scientists have come out. Um, I know um, Dr. Judy uh, Mikovits um, has come out and said this guy is a complete complete fraud. So you you, you know, but my my look on him is he's uh, flip flopping. You know, at one point he said uh, you don't need masks. And then, uh, then he said, well, you do need masks. And then he said, well, if you're wearing one, two would be better than wearing one. So I'm sitting there like, science doesn't change with science, you know, true science doesn't change. You know, uh, it, 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 it doesn't. Um, well, let me, let, let, me, let me elaborate on that. Science does change all the time. It's dynamic when we find out more information. Mm-hmm. Um, did Dr. Fauci find out information all of a sudden that the COVID, the COVID particle, uh, the coronavirus didn't pass through a mask? Is that what he found out? <laughs> I, I haven't seen that science. I mean, because it's not there because virus particles do pass through masks. They really do through, through the masks that we normally wear um, through this, through this uh, um, um, COVID-19 pandemic. So um, what do you think his motivation is behind flip-flopping on masks that well you- he's like like i said he's he's a he's a bureaucrat right and so um you know humans were not uh we're not particularly well engineered to look at benevolence for the society humans we we kind of we dominate our environment wherever we go and so when you have someone that's been given power um you know whether it's it's in, in administration or in government um they're going to we're, we're highly susceptible to corruption, you know, uh, as, as a species. Uh, and then especially when you add money to it, money and power. Oh my goodness. That, that's, that's a super slippery slope. Like everyone's going to slip on that, you know, when was so, so he's, um, he's been in, in government for so long. And, and I look at anyone in government because government doesn't really do anything that particularly well, you know, they, they can't even balance the budget. You know, that, that's basically math, right? Don't, don't spend more than you make. That's basically math. And so if you can't even balance the budget, uh, you know, and you're in government, that's that's a big problem. And then another thing is if you're in healthcare, healthcare can't even fix acid reflux. We can medicate acid reflux, but we can't cure it because cures are illegal, right? And they've, they've made them illegal because of, of uh, uh, Rockefeller medicine, you know. Uh, but so now he's involved in both both arms, you know, and for me being a scientist, I kind of I kind of look at science as a little bit shady anyway, because we're not we're not directly addressing the root cause of many people's health issues. So but he's he's not even a scientist. He's just an administrator. You know, he's he's a numbers guy and he's a statistics guy. But statistics, as we all know, can be manip- manipulated. Right. Like you're talking about relative and absolute risk. Well, in a way, he's not really lying, but he's not telling you the absolute truth either. You know, it's a little bit of a game. And so anyone who's in, um, uh, you know, in in a powerful role where their livelihood and their job security depends on what they talk about, they're going to tell you a great story. And that's what we've heard for the past almost two years now, which is which is crazy. Now, I think people really need to understand what is causing their health issues. 
and so they can really address them you know and 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 part of the what's going on in 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 uh, modern countries is we are we're off on a tangent we're, we're talking about treatment of things not addressing the the homeostasis situation in our body not addressing the the imbalances the deficiencies we we you know we we think all deficiencies are are medicine no that's not you you lack for water you lack for nutrients you lack for sleep you know you lack for sunshine you lack for happiness but but very rarely do do we have this huge of a, a deficiency of medication well i mean really we we really never do honestly um <laughs> i kind of make a joke going back to cholesterol i kind of make a joke of you know when um a man turns 50 oh well all of a sudden you've got high cholesterol um you've got lipitor deficiency so we're going to prescribe you lipitor exactly it's like no no you know high cholesterol can be a can be a marker for something else going on possibly yeah. in the body why don't we fix the problem instead of just treat the symptom the, the root cause right because if you if you address the root cause then you wouldn't have such a, a robust industry yeah and look at the root cause you talked about um reflux mm -hmm. um, i mean reflux is a gastrointestinal disease yeah. i mean and we're going to fix that with a drug i mean don't you think the first thing we should do with reflux is probably fix it with diet yeah Possibly. I think it's a diet related issue, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So, so pharmaceutical companies are good at treating symptoms, not fixing problems. And, you know, let's say you do fix, let's say you do fix reflux with diet. Well, all of a sudden you won't need a drug anymore. Mm -hmm. So, that, so that, that's not good business for big pharma. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a bad business model. If you're, if you're actually curing people, which is, which is, you know, when you come to that reality that I came to, that, that I was a part of an industry that, that doesn't want to really cure people. And, I, and that's why I had, I, I, I had this moral crisis, this moral awakening with, with what am I really a part of? Like, what is going on here? And what's, you know, you know am, I, am I really just going to stand here or sit here and just kind of let this fly and I, I just can't be a part of this and that's why i left you know um well we, well um sean we we're talking about cholesterol so um i think it's very important for the audience to to understand that um there's a cause and effect okay so so you have to classify things correctly if you look at cholesterol as a cause of health issues right you treat it differently then if you look at cholesterol as a result right a, a cause and effect right an effect so cholesterol is what the body makes the body is very good at making cholesterol like our, our face is kind of shiny because we have some kind of skin oils on our skin and it keeps us from cracking right it keeps us mm -hmm. it keeps uh, us from getting uh toxins and not toxins but uh, bacteria and things into our, our bloodstream because we don't crack right and so the body makes cholesterol to keep things pliable, right? right? And and so why would the body make an excess, if you can call it excess, amount of cholesterol unless there's some kind of vascular damage, some kind of oxidative stress process? And so maybe cholesterol is the response to 
oxidative stress on our blood vessels. Correct. Right. And then the, the body is, is making this, 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 uh, plaster, I guess, like this, this fatty plaster to, to repair and cover the damage. Right. But there's so much oxidative stress and oxidative chemicals in our processed food that we're, 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 we're eating, you know, processed food too much and causing the oxidative stress process. And so then it goes back to, well, why don't we just eat more leafy green vegetables? Right. And, and so instead of, instead of addressing that, we're going to address it with a pill. Right. Right. And so, so we have to kind of, we have to be very clear that which is it really a cause or is it the effect of something else? Is, is, is it, is it the chicken or the egg? Like which one came first? Right. Right. Did the cholesterol come first and then the heart attack, you know, so it's the cholesterol is causing the heart attack or, or, or is the cholesterol the end result of some process and the heart attack, the, the, the very end of some process, you know, is it downstream upstream? Right. So tell us, you, you, you do a little bit with, uh, you know, talk to people about nutrients and, and lifestyle to, mm -hmm. to fix their problems. As we wind this podcast up, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, um, I work, I started studying healthy people. And so, um, you know, it, it was a paradigm shift for me to walk away from studying disease because, uh, you know, whatever you study, you become an expert at, right? So I said, I don't, I don't want to be a disease expert anymore. I want to be a health expert. So I started studying healthy people. And one of the healthiest uh, countries in the world is Japan, right? And Japan, especially people that live in Okinawa, you know, the, the, the oldest, longest lived person is usually some great, great grandma that lives on Okinawa. Mm -hmm. And so they have a certain diet. They have like a, a very plant-based diet and they, they don't drink a lot of um, acidic things. They don't eat a lot of acidic things. And so I started working with a Japanese company that uh, we import a, a technology that basically takes toxins and acid out of your drinking water. And so that's, that's, I recommend people to drink that water, drink this special, um, you know, we, the company is called Enagic, um, but uh, just get this device and drink this water. So then you can help the body uh, maintain homeostasis, maintain that balance. So um, we have a lot of health issues today because of our diet, what we eat and drink, you know, uh, what goes into this hole on our face called our mouth is, a, a, you know, probably determines 95% of our health. That's right. right. <laughs> and so diet is so, so important. Yeah. And so yeah. we have to, we have to address that. And, um, you know, I tell people, you know, I, I tried to go vegan uh, for 30 days and I think I made it five days. <laughs> well i do i do honestly think that we are designed as omnivores so yes. i think we're made to eat plants and meat yeah so yeah. um yeah for sure well well thank you sam for being on today and, and enlighten us and educating us i i love following you on facebook um you know and is, is that the best way somebody can get a hold of you is on facebook yeah yeah they can send me um they can send me a, a facebook messenger or uh, my I'll, I'll leave my phone number uh 206-321-7066 is my phone number uh and then i have a a, a, a little introductory website it's called one true health dot life uh w one o n e uh true t-r-u-e and then health and then dot life not dot com uh, but hopefully um, we can connect and then I just I just share this information just like you do uh, Sean I, I appreciate 
this forum and what you do and just trying to get the truth out there, getting people to think, um, you know, have some critical thinking about and taking charge of their health, not just listening to what's on TV, you know, 24 something. That's right. Well, thank you for being on, Sam. And um, I appreciate it. I'm going to tag you in this post and I, I would appreciate it if you share it so you can um, get this out to all our listeners and viewers. And as always, uh, we stream health solutions at, um, with Sean and Janet Needham on Facebook. Uh, usually our midweek podcast is, is on a Wednesday or Thursday like today. And Mondays, we're pretty stable with that time frame. And Monday, you don't want to miss because 1230 to 1.30, we have Dr. Pran on. Speaking of doctors, speaking of diet and ex- diet and lifestyle, Dr. Pran is a gastroenterologist from Australia. And a very interesting character, uh, more than just interesting, very smart guy, and realized that treating most gastrointestinal disease is a lifestyle issue. Imagine mm-hmm. that, right? <laughs> so he's going to be on. He's going to talk about that, and he's going to talk about endurance. Are we endurance athletes, or are we strength athletes, or what are we, and what separated Homo sapiens from Neanderthals? Mm-hmm. It's going to be an interesting discussion because he's kind of a big guy into strength training. I'm kind of big into endurance, um, but I'm also I also believe in in strength training also. So you don't want to miss out Monday twelve thirty to one thirty. Sam. Thank you for being on. I truly appreciate it. And we were going to, I'm sure we'll be in touch and we're going to have you on again. So thank you for being on. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Jan Needham. Thank you, Sam. Okay. Bye-bye, guys.